The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Adam Big Hill joins us on the Three Down Podcast from Guelph, man. How are you liking it? It's been good so far. I mean, it's been a good good time for us as a team to kind of spend time together and and really just kind of focus at the task at hand. Why I wanted to get you on was because there's so many former CFL players right now in NFL camps, and you've gone through that entire process and been interesting in the way that I've spoken to you about it or even in some of the stuff that I've read that you said in the media about how the NFL goes about you know, treating those players or what it's like for a CFL star to go down there. So if you can take us back to even when you signed with the New Orleans Saints, what was it like, and especially going through training camp as a star going down there from the CFL? Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, usually the coaches and, and uh, that you come to play for down there, they don't, they don't really kind of know who you are. You're like really kind of under the radar. Like what you've done in Canada usually doesn't really matter. It doesn't. They don't really treat it as like, almost like it, it really was, you had the impact maybe that you did because they don't really know. They don't understand. They don't really watch the film. You know, in the, in the NFL too, you have the scouting departments who are almost separately distinct from the coaches. And basically the coaches are told to evaluate basically who the scouts bring in sometimes, right? So scouts, scouts uh, are more in tune to the guys up here, whereas maybe the coaches are just getting bodies in camp and said, okay, here's a guy, work with them, you know, that kind of stuff, right? So, um, you know, going down there and, and getting to experience it, um, you know, for me, I feel like I'm a guy who needs to be able to um, get an opportunity to show what I can do on the field and, and make plays. And, and, and obviously those, those are things I did when I was down there, but at the same time, you know, coaches can't help but look at a player and be like, oh, I guess this is what he can do based on what he looks like. Almost like, you know, um, judging a book by, by its cover. And that's kind of basically been how a lot of people have treated me throughout my careers. You know, but as I got into camp, um, started making plays, was covering running backs, covering tight ends, um, you know, making it all look relatively easy. It started opening up a lot of eyes. So, um, you know, I mean, uh, I still stay in touch with uh, Mike Nolan, who's a linebacker coach down there. He's a one of the best coaches I've ever had as well. And, you know, he, he said when I came in and had my meeting with him before, you know, OTA started, before training camp started, was, hey, I understand you're an undersized linebacker, uh, but you're here for a reason. You know, I'm interested to find out what that reason is. Why are you here? Uh, how do you make up for maybe the lack of 
two inches you have on height? How do you make up for, for these things with your skill sets? Because, you know, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have a way to make up for those things. So, um, you know, it was fun getting to play for him and being able to kind of, you know, prove how I play like I'm 6'2 when I'm only 5'10", right? So, um, you know, that, that process was fun. Um, I mean, training camp, it's a grind. It's a lot longer down there. You know, you're, you're four and a half, five weeks roughly of, of camp, um, four preseason games. It just almost feels like eternity sometimes down there. Um, you know, and, and, and it's stressful because there's a lot on the line. Uh, you know, there's, there's only a handful of jobs left. And, um, you know, so, uh, I mean, when it, when it came down to with my situation, um, coming out of training camp, having performed the way I did, um, you know, which was obviously very well, um, you know, it, and almost for me at my situation, it didn't quite matter how I did as, as far as, you know, in NFL teams, they get a draft pick that year, you know, they brought in two free agents that year. So for me, uh, automatically, there's there's very limited space for me to even be conceived as somebody who could be on the roster, um, despite how well I played, just based on, you know, guys get draft pick, you know, they're gonna play. Um, guys got signing bonuses already, they're gonna play. Um, and and that was kind of the focus. So it's sometimes, uh, you know, it's like like people say, it's a lot of times it's it's about it's about timing. It's about having you know somebody who who really who really likes you in the organization that wants to give you a chance, maybe regardless. Um, you know, so some of those things like are out of your control. So always you can go in is, is do the very best you can, and let the chips fall where they may. So um, you know that's what I did. Um, I went in there, did very well. Managed to, to play in three games that year. Uh, was on special teams, and uh, you know was on practice squad for the rest of the season. But um, you know, so for me and my, my process, like I said, it was it was it was a great experience. It was things were a bit out of my control, and I started figuring that out as time went. The way kind of the NFL works as a business, and you know, I mean, at first you can be mad at it, but at the end of the day, you have to kind of just understand well you know you're controlling what you can control and uh which is just going about your business every single day working hard doing all the right things whether it's in the classroom on practice uh in the weight room um your recovery you know showing up early doing all the stuff that you know a great pro would do which i always do and um you know just to give yourself an opportunity that if you did get the chance to to be able to really show them or play you'd be prepared right you always have to be prepared for those moments and you know that's what I was just waiting for waiting for them to be able to show the belief in me and, and the fact that they wanted me to play so um, you know with guys going down there this year everyone has their own story like I said it's all about timing it's all about you know at times being the right place at the right time having people in the organization that really buy in and, and, and like you as a player um, you know those things are those, those things are critical. So um, you know, the guys going down this year, I mean, we'll kind of see how it all shakes out. I mean, I'm sure they're going to be fighting a lot of the same battles that I've fought. And um, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting when you look at the rosters and how they're developed throughout the NFL. Like, not many guys are undrafted for agents, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. The NFL is curated. Teams are made through drafts, uh, you know, through free agency, and um, those are, if you will, their bread and their butter, right? And if you're an undrafted free agent, you're playing. Well, chances are, 
next year they're looking at your spot to bring a draft pick in, right? Because that's where they feel that they need to add to their team is from, you know, adding draft picks in areas that they feel like they don't have those areas built up enough yet, right? So um, the business of the NFL is a little bit different from that standpoint. And, and, and my agent tried to tell me a little bit of this before I went down, but it's hard to really understand it, right? You know, you, you feel that sometimes you go down and you prove you're the best player, you feel like you should play. And um, sometimes in, in the NFL, it's just not the case sometimes. It's based on the, the way the teams are being built and, and the way things are, the way the business runs in the NFL. So um, in a nutshell, that'd be kind of a bit of my experience with, 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 with what's going on. And, you know, what a lot of these guys in the NFL coming down from CFL, they're going to have to, you know, see for themselves and, and kind of go through that process of always staying positive and trying to make the best of whatever situation they might be in. What was it like for you to go through the process of, like you said, the entire training camp's pretty lengthy, and then the active roster is made and accepting that practice roster deal? Because a lot of people who don't know what goes on behind the scenes, which is why I wanted to have you on, will say, oh, the practice roster guys are making you know about $100,000 American, and do you want that versus coming back to Canada for potentially you know, in your range of a contract that's well over $200,000. How did you make that process? And what was it like, too? Behind the scenes, do you actually get released? And then do they say, do you want to accept the press this roster spot? Or what happened? Yeah, so I mean, right out of camp, um, rosters being made. And, and Coach Payton told me that, you know, I'm going to have to release you. Uh, we want to put you on, spe- or on a practice squad. Uh, now, week one, one of our linebackers was hurt, so he said, you know, if so-and-so cannot play, we're going to bring you right back up to the active, active squad later this week, and you'll be playing on special teams. So, you know, I went from being released uh, to practice squad, now back up to active squad within week one playing Monday night football against Minnesota, right? So um, things happen like that in the NFL pretty quick. Um, you know, so behind the scenes, that's basically how it works. And um, so and, and for me... Uh, it was interesting because the way the NFL works, I mean, every every day off, you play a game, you have a rundown, you know, and then the next day off, there's there's guys in, they scouts are bringing guys in, working them out every, every week. You got 10, 12 new bodies in every single week, just pumping workouts through guys. Like, maybe it's linebackers, maybe it's running backs, maybe it's receivers and tight ends because, you know, maybe a tight end went down or something they're bringing in guys you know they're so they're always bringing in tons of bodies and 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 for you on as a practice squad player you're kind of like okay well what's going on you know you're always kind of wondering what's happening with your job right and um you know so for me interestingly enough it, it could have been a year where i could have had an opportunity to play but just didn't really work out because we had our Rookie that was drafted, he went down with an injury, was on IR. We had uh, basically a backup linebacker who was a special teams guy. He went down, he was on IR. Um, and then later in the season, we had one of our starting linebackers. He went down, uh, missed three or four games. Um, so for me, I'm thinking all I need is one guy to go down, and I'm going to be in there playing. And, you know, the business of the NFL, they had guys coming in off the street um, putting them on an active roster where I was still on the practice squad, you know, like 
I've been in the system. I know how to run the defense. I know how to run the special teams. However, they feel that bringing in another guy outside the street, outside the program, and getting him into play would be the best decision. You know, which is interesting. Like, what am I doing here on practice squad? You know, waiting for an opportunity if you're not going to give me an opportunity. So, I mean, that's something I told Coach Payton. You know, at the end of the year, said, "Hey, I'm. You know, if you would have told me three linebackers went down, and I, you know." I would have definitely assumed I'd be playing I'd be all year all year long. So, you know, I think there's definitely some things behind the scenes as far as, um, you know, I, Coach Payton, I think he's from the Bill Parcells area coaching tree. And, you know, I think Bill Parcells once said, uh, you know, I'll never have, never have a quarterback under 6'5". You know, like they look at players, they say, this guy can play this for us. Or So I think, you know, Sean Payton is – been built that way you know I mean he probably saw me as an undersized linebacker and where can I play him um you know and kind of just was able to dismiss me a little bit more from that where I think you know linebacker coach really loved me coach Nolan um scouting department loved me for for what I was able to bring to the team and stuff like that but you know coach Payton made the decisions and you know at the end of the day I'm not sure if uh he was ready to put me out there which whether whether you know I me, mean, that's his decision. But uh, you know, for me, obviously, was prepared and proved that I can play in that league. So um, it's one of those things where things might just be out of your control, right? Mm-hmm. So do you feel like that was mostly just due to legitimately how tall and big you were? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obvious. I, I mean, obviously, I think it's it's due to you know size, being five ten, two hundred thirty pound linebacker. I mean, um, for him, he he thought that that was probably you know for whatever reason, not, not desirable. Um, you know, so, I mean, it was, it was interesting because I was, I was figuring that out as I was going through the process where I was like, wait, why am I not playing? Why am I not playing? I'm doing all the right things. I've proved I can consistently make plays in this league, like what's going on. And, you know, those are the things you kind of start getting the feel for like, well, you know, what? like this stuff's just way out of my control. And, you know, I mean, you're, 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 if I'm six two, I believe I'd probably been in the NFL from day one, you know. But at the end of the day, that's that's not that's not the case. So I'm just making the best what what I've been given. And what was it like for you? You mentioned this a little bit earlier that you're on practice rod at the end of practice roster at the end of training camp. Then all of a sudden you're active. Then you're watching, as you said, you know, ten or twelve guys brought in every week to work out. So mentally, was it different than being in the CFL? Well, I mean. It was probably it was definitely the most stressful year of my life. I mean, as I got a new, uh, new, new baby, my daughter Leah was just born. Um, you know, I'm 28 years old, going to the NFL for the first time, so we're moving the family. Got my son. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces. I'm trying to provide for my family, do and do the best I can. And um, you know, so if you're a single guy, it's a lot easier to kind of pick up, move around, do stuff. And when you have a family, it's a little bit tougher, right? So um, mentally, behind the scenes for me every day was, was, you know, it was stressful because I knew the weight of any decision, you know, could hold. And so for me, it was, you know, it was, it was tough at times. And, and early on in, in the season when I wasn't getting opportunities I felt like I deserved, I, you know, I was definitely a lot more upset and I was a lot more um, frustrated but as time went, I started to kind of understand the way the business works and and realize I can't really be mad and just keep doing what I'm doing and take it for what it is and, you know, be happy I still have a job and be it on practice squad. 
um, you know, but from there, I mean, you, you, like you said, you just can't, you can't get mad uh, at some point when things are out of your control. Was it frustrating the fact that, like, ball out in camp, and as you said, you're putting all the work in as a true pro that everyone knows that you are, yet you're still not getting that opportunity even when you see those guys go down. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel like I proved I was one of the best linebackers in 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 our on our team when it came to coming through training camp. Um, not only that, I mean, you think at least like with my ability and my tenacity, to be able to just be able to do special teams, right? But you know, I didn't really understand until I kind of saw it myself again. Like Coach Payton, the way he develops the roster. He tries to find what he finds to be the best 52 players he can put on his roster. And he doesn't look, really look at special teams' ability as much as he looks the best 52 players. So if, if you're not a starter, you're still a good player, but you may not be a special teams guy. But yet, you have to play special teams because they need you because you're not a starter, right? So you got guys on that roster that are playing special teams that maybe never really play much special teams in their life or maybe don't really like it, but they're kind of forced to do it because they have to, right? So you kind of, um, you end up with a special teams roster that maybe is, you don't have specialized guys that are like, I'm a special teams backup linebacker, this is what I do, right? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. there's there's a bunch of talented people on the roster, but not necessarily that sense of, you know, I'm a specialty guy, and, and this is what I do. So if we can sort of fast forward a little bit, take me through the decision to come back up to the CFL because we see different guys, and obviously everyone's mm -hmm. situation is different, but that they might want to hang on for that last-ditch potential NFL shot. And you had put this resume out there that was strong when you did dress and then even all of your practice film. So what was that like for you to... You know, as you said, you know you're one of the best linebackers on the team, but then ultimately you come back to the CFL. If you can kind of just take us through your thought process. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, when I was released, um, you know, it, it was it was um, a bit of a shock, especially after you know they had good things to say and re-signed me after after the season ended. Um, but from that point, um, you know, Tampa Bay brought me in right away for a workout. Um, they offered me that day after the workout and said they loved me and they yeah they wanted me to wanted me to sign and um, for me I'm at the point okay well I know the way this business works now um, I know that money is a true commitment of you being on the roster um, you know so I was looking for a certain amount of money and a signing bonus and uh, that would tell me that well if you did cut me at least I have the signing bonus and it's worth my time here instead of going back to the CFL, right? Um, or the fact that if I you gave me this money, it's going to give me the assurance that, hey, yeah, we think you deserve to be on a roster and you can play, right? And, and that's what I learned in the CFL or in the NFL is that, you know, if you get a signing bonus, I mean, it's a good chance that you're sticking around. You know, that's, that's one of the best determining factors, right? Because I feel like they're, they're committed to you. You know, so they didn't want to give me the number I was looking for, and so I took a workout with the Colts and, and did well there. They said they wanted to work with some of their younger guys they brought in first before they made any other decisions. So at that point, it was, um, you know, a fairly easy decision to come back and, and look at CFL options. Um, you know, at that, at that point, I didn't want to go through the whole, 
thing again with New Orleans about just the business side of the football where, you know, you're a great player, yet, you know, there's things out of your control that, you know, you can't really, you can't do anything about. So I um, decided I, you know, at that point in my life, in my career, with my family, uh, there was no need to have to try to fight through that anymore. You know, especially when I'd gone down there and, and I put the film out there that I can play. You know, they, that's what Tampa said. Hey, we saw your film. Uh, we thought you're a great player. We're surprised that you got released. We don't bring you in. You know, after the workout. I mean, so I mean, people out there knew that I could play ball, but at the end of the day, I didn't want, didn't want to take the chance of going through that process again. Or especially I can come back up to CFL and, 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 and have probably a lot more fun, a lot play a lot with a lot less stress and uh, just be a little bit more, you know, obviously more stable with what I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. So it seems like from that year in New Orleans, you learned a lot about the business and then used that as sort of the power behind making your decision to come back here, whereas other guys might you know, try to, can I get on a team? Can I get in a training camp again? Yeah, yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, like, I felt that if it was truly about skill and talent, then I would have had a job, you know, and because I, I'm, I'm not gonna bullshit myself or anybody else. I mean, you know, I've played football for long enough and I have understand what's good, what's bad, what's average, and I played really damn good football down there and I uh, was cons consistent at it. And, and um, so, I mean, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, I understood that, you know what, like, like I said, I don't need to, I don't need to try to go through that process again because I kind of see the way things work. And, uh, you know, and it's a totally different feel of being able to come up here and play in the CFL. And I talked to handfuls of guys, dozens of guys I've played with that have been in the NFL that have came to the CFL. And they tell me how much they love playing in the CFL because it's just like the stress of the NFL isn't there. The, the, uh, you just have so much more fun playing in the CFL. Uh, you know, you, this locker room seemed tighter and, and the guys seemed a little bit easier to get along with and you know locker rooms are better you know like as far as guys hanging with each other stuff like that you know so um, I definitely could see that parallel being from the CFL to the NFL and you know so I could definitely see that so um, yeah for me it ended up becoming a, a pretty easy decision. Alex Singleton is very much in your shoes in the sense of is one of the premier linebackers in the league as you still are and you were when you went down there in Philadelphia with the Eagles trying to make a camp a little different because I believe he's probably over six feet. Yeah, he's probably like six two. Yeah, so he has that look to him. You, with your football background, how would you evaluate his chances of making the Eagles roster just based off what you learned? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I don't, I don't quite know the Eagles organization um, do they put a lot of value on special teams? Um, are they are they a team that really looks as much into size for their linebackers? Um, you know, how many guys do they have on the roster? Did they draft guys? Uh, did guys get big signing bonuses? Signing bonuses this year? So those are all a lot of things to consider when you're kind of putting the numbers game in your head. Um, you know, but um, you know, I went down there. And I played three games. You know, I made I made the squad for the entire year, practice squad, what have you. Um, I think I think Alex has the same opportunity to 
at the least be on practice squad. Um, I think, you know, he's got to be able to make a few plays and, and fight through the politics of the business to be able to be noticed, you know. And, you know, I don't think it's any different than any other player that comes into training camp. Like, you have to make yourself noticed, right? But it's a lot easier to be noticed as a as a draft pick or a free agent because they're looking for you to do things. And all you need to do is maybe do it once or twice and you're validated, right? But when you're a new guy, you have to validate yourself every single rep, every single play. Like, you have one MA, now all of a sudden you're like, ah, I don't know if this guy understands, I don't know if this guy gets it, you know what I mean? You do something to- wrong twice in a row and all of a sudden you're starting to get wiped off or you, you kind of, you know, dismissed a bit because you just don't have, the margin for your error is so much smaller, right? This this is the way it is. So, uh, especially you know, when you go in, you're going to be getting less reps than the number ones, number twos. You're just going to be getting less reps to even show what you can do, right? So the reps that you do have, you have to make them count. Um, so for him, I think he's he's a, he's a good football player. I think he's um, you know he's got the size that they probably like. I think he's just got to pop out on film and 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 make a few plays and, and continue to be consistent with what he does. And he's going to have a he's going to have an opportunity. Singleton might be a little different in the sense that he's already been in the NFL before. And like you said, that was your first time down there. So what advice would you give to some of the CFL guys that had never been in an NFL camp going down there to have a shot to make the roster? Yeah, I mean, I think try to get a sense for the value they put on special teams, you know. And and, because, I mean, any new guy, especially undrafted for Asian guy, um, you got to realize that your first opportunity in special teams to make a make a team where you're a DB or your receiver, you're going to be thinking about being a, a gunner or a hold-up guy on special teams and on kickoff you're flying down, that kind of stuff, right? You've you got to formulate a plan of how you're going to make the team, and it's going to be by first and foremost being, you know, a demon on special teams. So, I mean, understanding that mindset, but then also figuring out what teams put the value on special teams, who actually are looking for those guys, uh, specialty type players. Um, from there, kind of just get a sense of who they have in, in on their roster, um, and maybe if if they're gonna, you, you can't foresee the future. You can't foresee how how many draft picks they're gonna get or how many guys they're gonna bring in free agents. Sometimes you just can't, you can't tell and. Where I was at, I thought I was coming into a, a roster that was needing linebackers where they drafted one and then picked up two in free agency. So that was, you know, I had no idea that was about to happen. And, and like I said, sometimes you can't account for those things. So um, overall, you just want to try to get a good fit uh, or a good feeling for what the coaches are thinking and and how they see, how they might see you fitting into what they do there. I mean... If you go down there, you kill a workout, they want to sign you, I mean, you'll have the opportunity to ask some of those questions. And, um, you know, those are things that, are, at the end of the day, are going to be very important and you want to get a sense for. Based on your experience down there, it seems like at this time of the year, with all the CFL guys in camps in the NFL, there's a lot of talk about it. The talent level in the NFL compared to the CFL, is it more about sort of a perception or, you know, how good those were guys were in college or, like you said, where they were drafted? and less of a, an actual talent difference and there's only a certain amount of jobs down there? Or what do you feel like is the difference between, you know, a guy in the CFL or the NFL? Are they pretty close? 
Uh, I would say like in the NFL, there's just there's every team will have about three or four guys that you know, that would cause physical freaks, guys that you would never see in the CFL, guys that uh, are in their, their own class of the NFL. You know, um, guy like Tron Armstead, who's an offensive tackle for New Orleans. Um, a guy like Cameron Jordan, defensive end for New Orleans. These are these are two players off the top of off the top of my head that would be some of the most dominant players in the NFL and the most athletic, biggest, biggest, fastest, strongest guys that you just don't see up here in the CFL because the nature. There's only so many of them, right? So every team has a few of those guys, and those would be the the main difference. Other than that, um, your your average roster. Um, is composed a bit differently because the NFL has a, a few different requirements, right? Your offensive lineman might be a little heavier because there's more downhill physical run game, right? So, like, they're, the way they have players might be a little bit different. Um, but at the end of the day, like, talent-wise, there's, there's a lot of guys in the CFL that can, that can play in the NFL. Um, not, a doubt, not a doubt in my mind. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's so... Just understanding the different style of game, it's important too. So many people ask me, like, well, was the NFL hard when you went down there? And it's like, no, actually, the NFL is a lot easier. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't have four, five receivers running around <laughs> crazy before the snap to the, fo- to the point of I have to see everything and know what my check is and coverage and in run and be able to see things on the move, like, as a linebacker, it's so much less stressful. In the NFL, one guy can move, and you can only move laterally. So they get lined up in a formation, and you have a very good idea of what plays that they can run. And um, from that standpoint, it's a lot easier. The thing about it that changes is the NFL game is much more physical, so you have to deal with a lot more downhill run game and stuff like that. But for me, that's not a problem. That was, that was easy for me. The physical part of the downhill run game in the box was uh, easy. So for me, the NFL game was a lot easier. You mentioned physical freaks, and there's one on your team right now that you line up behind all the time in Willie Jefferson for the life of me, and I'm just a low-life reporter, but I can't understand how he's not in the NFL. Do you? Opportunity and timing. You know, I think, um, you know, Willie's got a crazy skill set. you know, and and, and and a guy like that, you you kind of like, you want to figure out how you can utilize the skill set the best, you know what I mean? And so uh, the teams who went to him maybe wasn't in the right defensive scheme that could utilize his skills the best. You know, is he an outside stand-up 3-4 line, linebacker or is he a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end in a 4-3 scheme, right? Like how, how do we want to use him, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean... You know, I feel like he's a guy that definitely had the potential and still could be down in the NFL. I mean, but like I said, opportunity and timing go a long way. Um, you know, I think truly that uh, that explains a lot. Yeah, there's even one other guy that's on offense <coughs> that comes to mind while we're talking about Chris Matthews, a guy that was potentially a Marshawn Lynch <coughs> run on the goal line away from being Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And, you know, somehow he's back here. Does that just go to what you said about timing and being in the right place? Like, were you surprised to see Matthews back in the CFL so quick? How long was he down there? A couple of years? Three years? Yeah. Three? A few for sure. Uh, yeah. A few for sure. I, uh, um, was Chris Matthews drafted? You tested my knowledge here. I don't think so. 
I mean, I'm not sure either, but I would assume not. And then for me being a little bit surprised if he's back in the CFL, knowing the business of the NFL now, probably not too surprised. Like I said, like if you're a starting guy on offense, he's a receiver, and, you know, I mean, if for whatever reason, a GM or whoever saying we need that next we need that next receiver, right? Well, you have Chris Matthews here. He's doing a fantastic job, but he's also undrafted. Like, I don't, I don't understand the, the way their mindset works, but they're thinking we need to find the next Chris Matthews, but we need to draft him, right? And having the other receivers on your team being draft picks and, and those types of things, you know, I think a guy like Chris Matthews might be the first one that they'd be like, yeah, we need to replace him, you know, from a standpoint like that, which is... Beyond me, why I think teams would think that way. But, you know, I think Chris get a, from my knowledge, get a good job on special teams, you know, and then being a receiver and then coming in and making phenomenal plays time and time again, like, like we saw, obviously, even in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, so um, it's beyond me how a guy like Chris Matthews is not still in the NFL with the things he's proven, the things he's done on a consistent basis, making plays in some of the biggest games ever, you know, and... Um, those things still boggle my mind and um, you know but at the end of the day um, I think he's happy to be back up here and playing football with us and you know I'm, I'm obviously happy to have him on our team yeah a couple of physical freaks on offense and defense and then yourself running around making plays one thing that you mentioned there that I feel like was interesting is the undrafted versus drafted does that maybe have to go to those scouts and general managers validating what they're doing in the draft, which is a reason why there may be a little bias towards those guys that they pick? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you have draft picks, uh, everybody is waiting to see how those work out because, I mean, the NFL draft, you, know, you have the opportunity to get some very talented individuals, right? So every draft pick is, is almost worth its weight in gold to, to these teams, right? And um, not only that, to, to the fans, to the people who are big supporters of these organizations, they want to see the, the future of these clubs. And there's a lot riding on every single pick. Every single pick has a, has a, lot, of, a lot of weight to it, especially if you're within the first three rounds. And um, so with that being said, I mean, um, there's definitely a validation process that, you know, these are our seven picks. We did all the – I mean, you'd be surprised with how much – I don't even – I don't know how many hours go into researching these players in college and, and how many draft meetings they go and, and talking about the nuances of every single player. Like these meetings are extensive and long and they last for months and scouts are doing homework for, you know, on guys for months leading up to this stuff and going back years in their college careers and just looking at every little thing, right? So there's so much that goes into these picks that, you know, they, they need to see them work out. You know, and, and, and sometimes they don't. And, you know, guys will hang around for three years waiting for that opportunity. They didn't, you know, it didn't quite pan out. Maybe this year it didn't quite pan out. Maybe this year. And, you know, some some guys will get a lot of chances before the, the team will let them go. We'll get you out on this because you've pretty much made Winnipeg your second home, it seems like. You guys are really comfortable there. So how did you ultimately you know, choose going to Winnipeg in the first place and then signing the extension there, and how comfortable are you there? Well, I mean, kind of as soon as I became a, you know, I wanted to go back to the CFL, it was 
just uh, me and my agent were kind of just seeing what offers were there. I mean, it was right before training camp in 2018, and so knew that some offers might be limited because every team basically had the roster that they thought they were going to win the Grey Cup with, right? And um, for me, it was uh, picking Winnipeg was, was mostly because of a few things. Well, the, the relationship I had with Coach O'Shea, um, you know, as a rookie, when I was with BC, um, he came up to me after the game and, and told me how much of a how, how good of a player he thought I was and I was just playing special teams at the time you know and he was a special teams coach I think yeah for Toronto and you know he came up to me and shook my hand and and uh, we chatted for a bit and like I thought that was big me as a, as a rookie in the league and for a coach to come up and acknowledge me that he loved the way I played the game and stuff like that that went a long way so uh, every time I saw him from there going forward throughout the my career we always chatted and talked and so I felt like we we built a, a good relationship from that and you know, I had a handful of guys in the Winnipeg locker room that I could talk to with, you know, Andrew and, um, they, you know, Gator, Anthony Gator, Chandler Fenner, got Craig Rowe, um, you know, so many of these guys that I'd played with. So, um, you know, leaned on Andrew a lot, and his, his, uh, experiences, you know, and, um, so I mean, from there, um, you know, this is the reason why I chose to become the Winnipeg. And as far as re-signing the extension, it was kind of, you know, I wanted to, see what BC had to offer and stuff and free agency and you know anytime you're a free agent and you come off winning defensive player of the year I mean it's it's smart of you to be able to see what the market may hold and and um you know it's time you really take advantage and leverage of of the position you're in I've never been a free agent in my life you know coming up to this year right so this last season and um you know for me I just didn't really get the feeling that BC was going to want to put a serious offer in for me. Um, you know, just being my wife's family from there, we got our home there. Uh, you know, I played most, you know, majority of my career there. I mean, it, it made sense for it to be a first look. Um, but when I just didn't really get a good feeling for it, I mean, you know, I really only saw myself playing anywhere else, which would be Winnipeg. And, um, you know, so that's the reason why we were able to get the deal done you know, I don't know, what was it, a month before free agency, so um, at that point, it was, you know, I was happy to commit long-term to Winnipeg, and, uh, you know, I loved the community there, I loved, we loved our time there last year, and now, yeah, we permanently moved my family there, and we, we really enjoy it. Well, taking up enough of your time, I appreciate you coming on and shedding some light. I know I've learned a bunch, so the listeners are going to learn a lot about the business in the NFL. Thanks a lot, Peggy. Awesome. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.